Well, thank you, Jeff, for sharing what you did. You're not in the room, but you'll hear this at some point, I'm sure. Um, I was just enjoying worship in a unique way this morning, and uh, I asked if the Lord had a word, and what finally settled in my spirit, I, uh, I actually want to just greet all of you, and I want to open with this. Our, do you need me to get turned up there? Miko, would you turn me on, so to speak? Turn me up? Okay. <laughs> No. Yeah, well, let's not go there. So actually, that is kind of on, on the theme. So the word that I heard was just, uh, I know it sounds simple, sorry guys, this isn't a guy sort of word, but it was precious. I just sensed how precious each person is to the Lord's heart today. Everyone who's here, um, in fact, I'm going to change my normal greeting. Um, good morning, precious sons and precious daughters in whom your father is already well pleased and that's what even Jeff was talking about he's already if we could see ourselves through his eyes then we would become in the fullness of who we're created to be and we would be overwhelmed at how precious we are in fact uh, I'll share this I've shared it years ago I think but you know the great awakening that shook America and Jonathan Edwards and his powerful preaching ministry and there were radical demonstrations of the power of the spirit and manifestations of the glory of God and Jonathan Edwards wife Sarah experienced one of those on a floor of the church and she was so obliterated that they had to carry her apparently for days and she could just barely function and she didn't talk and after several weeks of this intense encounter with God, she spoke for just a short time about what happened to her, why she was so incapacitated. And what she said was she became profoundly aware of God's nearness to her and her dearness to him. How profoundly he loved her. And she was incapacitated with that revelation and I I believe today God wants to increase that revelation in each one of our hearts each one of our lives everything the whole flow of the surface of the service God making beautiful things and if we look for the beauty that God has put in us we're gonna see it and we, we've got to put on the right filter and the right filter is Jesus you know what he says is true is true who he says you are, you are. And you're already in the process of just having it revealed to the whole world for his glory. How? Oh, come on, that's a good word. That's, that's wonderful news. Yeah, it's funny that thought about precious daughters. Um, beautiful things. Uh, Mark Gunger wrote that song. And he was just at my daughter Jen's property they had a music festival for three days. A bunch of hippies camping out in Battleground, Washington. And uh, at a highlight after most of the people left, Mark Gunger and some of his worship team and, and musicians were there. And apparently they had this absolutely intense jam session where just the joy and the presence of God just fell in the room. and. They, they took off and were playing things and doing things spontaneous that they never had done before. So, you want to talk about a precious daughter. 
I, I do want to share about another uh, precious daughter, and it ties in with where we're going to go with the message. And by the way, I know Miko's made this claim before. I rarely make this claim because I know myself. But I think today is probably going to be a shorter message. Someone say hallelujah. Thank you. All right. Because uh, I, I don't want to get lost in the message. I want to keep the focus really, really clear. But in honor of Lori and her habit of telling a joke before uh, a message, I want to start out that way today as well. And I, I can even acknowledge Robert is the one that helped set me up with this thing. Um, as you know, Lori and I drive for Uber and, uh, and Lyft. And we have some of the most amazing encounters. I mean, some people are just quiet and they have on their earbuds and we get them safely where they're going. But other people think that we're a bartender, a beautician, and a priest all rolled into one. Some of the confessions that we hear in the back seat are absolutely stunning. And, uh, and so I'm actually wanting to share a couple of Uber stories, but one of them is something uh, I've done from time to time. I'll ask a couple or somebody in the back, hey, would you like to hear a bad dad joke? And I recently asked a couple, you know, if they'd like that, and then I hear this, oh no, in the back seat. I go, are you okay? What's, what's wrong? Something happened? She goes, no, I just, if you tell a bad dad joke, then he's going to tell a bad dad joke, and then you're going to try to top his bad dad joke, and you're going to do another. And she says, I don't know if I'm ready for that. So I said, okay, well, let, let's go for it. And so for me, my bad dad joke is bragging on my daughter, which Miko has also called me out about recently, and I do love to brag about my kids. I'm a shameless, proud father, and I can gush equally about all four. So, but Alyssa, as you know, went to the University of Texas at Austin, and she just graduated. We had our first post-pandemic uh, trip to Austin, and I can confirm Austin is the Portland of Texas. It's just the music scene, the food scene. It's green. I mean, who, I expected tumbleweeds, and it's, it has the vegetation a lot like Portland, so it's amazing. Uh, so we had a great visit, but before uh, she graduated, the university asked her if she would consider representing them as a delegate at a conference in Dubai. And the conference was on international space security and sustainability. So many of you don't know she's a global policy study student. So they were talking about, um, you know how maritime law oversees the use of oceans by the nations? We don't have that for space yet. Those laws are all just being written now, like who's responsible for space junk. So that's what they were going to discuss. And so before they left, we had a Zoom call. And by the way, she introduced us to her new boyfriend, who as a father, I'm obligated to not like, of course, but he seems like a good enough kid. So I said, Alyssa, you're leaving for Dubai. Do you know the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? And she's like, well, Dad, they're both Arab Emirates. And she starts giving me their history. And I say, no, sweetie, that's not it, actually. In Dubai, they don't like the Flintstones, but the Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for the boyfriend, he did laugh, so he got one point. Um, I encouraged Alyssa to share that at the conference, but she didn't. Uh, she didn't want to lose the respect of the other delegates, I'm pretty sure. So uh, by uh, this last week, I was giving a ride to a young lady, and I told her that joke. And then when I was done, she said, you know, I was born and raised in Abu Dhabi. I went, are you kidding? She said, nope, lived there my whole life. And I said, well, is it true? And she goes, yes, I love the Flintstones. <laughs> what are the odds of that? I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But I had a, a guy a while ago in my car, and we started out 
and we just started talking, and he led out with, I just want to let you know, I'm a Jesus man. And then the rest of the ride out to battleground, he proved he was a Jesus man. He was so grateful, so unashamed, just so amazed by God's goodness. The guy had been a drug addict, he had been abused, he had had all this pain in his life. He had an encounter with Jesus like at a treatment center, turned his life all the way around, and the dude was on fire. And it was like, come on, I, I so respected that. I so, and so we started bragging about you know, how great God is in our lives and things that he's done. And we just kept trying to outdo each other. And I mean, the, the car was practically hovering, you know, when we were going to battleground. And that's what I want to bring up. I realized I, in probably 30 years of active preaching, I've never shared John 14.6. And John 14.6 is where he's talking to his disciples. And they're like, you know, I'm going to go to the Father, and there's a place for you. I'm, I'm building a place. And then the disciples are like, yeah, but we don't know where you're going. We don't know the way to get there. And, and even Thomas, you know, talks to him. And then that's where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I wondered why, when it struck me this morning, why have I not preached on that? You know, why, why have I never felt like I should or could adequately even preach about that? And you know what it is? I have been obsessed with the Father and getting to know God as my heavenly Father and the provider, the protector, the, the one that speaks blessings over me. I've been obsessed with the Holy Spirit I just want the power and the presence of God resting on me and blessing other people. And so I have focused on that and I delight in that. But I'm telling you, everything exists because of Jesus. The relationship we have with the Father is because of Jesus. The power of the Spirit that is like dynamite inside of us is because of the person of Jesus. And when he becomes our central focus, when we become not just teachers or students, but we become followers of Jesus... We unlock every hidden potential that God has in our life. We release the very power of the kingdom of God through our lives. And Jesus has to be the central issue. You and I are Jesus men and Jesus women. You know? And the better you get at bragging on him and mean it, the more people can receive what it is that you're saying. Oh... So, you know, as I was just praying about this, this is very, very different. And the, part of the reason I think this message is going to be shorter, I didn't prepare the way I normally do. I thought, Lord, you've given me this verse. I'm just going to pray around it. You just show me what you want to show me. You just open my heart up to what you want to birth inside of me. Prune me, God. If you've been cut down to a stick, that's because God is good in your life. And we're going to go into new places that we've never gone, and Jesus has to be the central issue of that whole journey. And so I thought, okay, well, then in what way are you the way, God? What, what way are you the way, Jesus? And you know, from the beginning of your life to the end of your life, the example of his life, every word that he spoke and speaks now is where we find where we're going. Anybody ever felt like, I don't know what my gifts are? 
I don't know what my destiny is. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's like, don't even sweat it. You're not supposed to figure it out. You're not supposed to work it out. You're supposed to let Jesus become your way. As he shows you who he is, as you continue to just walk with him through life, you're, you're going to manifest the fullness of what Jesus already accomplished in you. There's a lot of different ways that we walk in the world. Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the, in the end, it is the way of death. Anybody ever walk in the way of death? In your own strength, your own decisions, your own willpower, your own desires? And, and everybody, anyone ever get lost in the way? Have you ever had a life of just confusion, of things that seemed random, of life just not being what you want it to be? You know, I, I like the movie um, uh, Dances with Wolves. And there's a scene where Kevin Costner's walking with his father-in-law, and he says, you know, there's a, a path. There's one right path in life. And he said, it seems to me like you're walking on that path. I love that scene because he was loving his wife, he was loving his tribe, he was doing life. And, and that always intrigued me. And then I realize now the path that God has for us has been revealed and is revealed to us daily through the voice of his son, you know? And seeing the way he walked, seeing the things that he did. Um, boy, you want to obsess on a chapter in the Bible? Read, read John 14. I mean, I was, I was looking at my cheat sheet. I've got my little life verses. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even realize it. I think I have eight verses out of John 14. It's like, how in the world that, that chapter just has blown up in my life? And that's what we're talking about today, Jesus being the way. And so, knowing the life of Jesus, living the life of Jesus, I, there's no other way. It's offensive. I'm sorry. Well, but Gandhi was a nice man. You know, what about Martin Luther King? And what about all these other good people? And all the things I've heard. Whatever good came out of their life, it's still because of Jesus. He's the source of everything good. Hmm. So, so the one other way, he's the way. I, I, I love that. Many of you know my favorite verse, I think, in the Bible is James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, ask and he'll give generously without finding fault. I believe, do you believe that verse? When you lack wisdom, is he, he going to be stingy? Or is he going to be generous with you? Is he going to go, of course, all you had to do was ask. I want to show you the way. I, do you believe that? I believe that with my whole heart. Then why don't I ask more? Why, why do I just do it in a crisis? Why do I just do it when I'm thinking about it? And by the way, if he says he's going to give you wisdom, the Holy Spirit is the genius of the universe, and he's available to all of us. I want to start walking with an expectation of just being able to ask and get his wisdom because we have what? The mind of Christ. We don't have to live in confusion or darkness. He wants to bring that light in us. That's amazing to me. But he also, because he is the way, he is the 
epicenter, the source of all the empowerment you're ever going to need to walk in the fullness of who you're created to be in Jesus. Is that right? So he not only gives us the wisdom, but he gives us the power because of the way that he's revealed the world. So the last thing I I just want to say, and and I'm sure that Jesus man that I had in my car would, would be able to shout this from the mountaintops. Um, some people go, well, no, there, there are other ways. You know, we want to honor other faiths. And I just, you know, that, that sounds like I, I, don't, I, I want to be inclusive, you know. And, and, of course, in Romans, it does say that all of creation reveals the creator. How many of you would like to try to get saved figuring it out by looking at a tree? How many of you are going to work out your salvation just because of the way, you know, there's choices and consequences in the world. I don't think many people are going to get saved that way. I wouldn't get saved. I love nature, but I wouldn't have done that. All the different ways of study, all the different things you can do, all the philosophies, everything in the world, I have sought them out because I'm a seeker of truth, but nothing harmonizes life like the life of Jesus. Um, I think many of you were affected by the, uh, the chosen, right? My goodness, listening to every word that Jesus said, I realized every word was intended to bring life. Every word was truth. Everything that he spoke and speaks and is going to speak to you is what you're to walk in. So Colossians 1.27 says, To whom God willed to make known... What is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? So it's actually Christ in you that is revealing the very glory of God, shaking your life, throwing off all of the detritus, all the stuff that doesn't belong, so that his glory is revealed perfectly in you, and it's Christ in you that is that process. It's him at work to get us into that place. So, and I thought of, for a moment about the truth and Jesus being the epicenter of reality, of all truth. And I loved Ephesians 4.15, also one of my favorite verses, that we are called to speak the truth in love. So I loved Miko's message. It was great last week, wasn't it? Yeah. What's love got to do with it? Everything, you know. So when Jesus spoke, it was always through the perfect combination and filter of love, a kindness and a benevolence to the one that was listening, and it was saturated with truth. And it's truth that can set us free, of course. Hmm. We live in a post-truth culture. And it's a tragedy to me. Oh, you can't, you, your truth is your truth. Somebody else's truth is their truth. And you can't really ever know. I mean, I, it's so weird. And people don't make decisions based on facts or research or information. Now people are moved with these compelling stories. And uh, we have lost so much stability, so much security by not being committed to actually knowing and seeing truth as Jesus sees it. Is that right? 
And so I don't want to fall victim to that. I mean, how many of you know that there really are lies out there? That the enemy wants to deceive us. And the more we are deceived, the more power we give him. And the more we move away from the life of Jesus, the more we move away from our inheritance and our destiny in him. I loved what Jody said if you came to the intensive on prayer. And it's just so, uh, that was my big takeaway, and it still is to this day. Jody said, are you going to give truth the right of way to your heart? When Jesus speaks something to you, Jeff, you're precious in his sight. You know, Paul, you have no clue how much Jesus really loves you. You have, we all know that we're beloved by him. And when you let that truth in, everything else is released in your life. Everything that you need is contained. How? In the truth that he speaks. I, I have another verse that has been blowing me up lately, and I, it's, I hope you guys have those. You have the verses that God's breathing on and gives you revelation, and all of a sudden you feel the increase, you feel the expansion, you feel the faith growing. It's like, yes, God is the God of the impossible. He can do what he wants to do. How? He's the God of my breakthrough. He's the God of divine favor falling down on me because the heavens are opened above my head. Ho! All I have to do is ask. Ho! I want to give that kind of truth the right of way in my heart. I'm going to believe what he says. We live by faith, but that faith is expressed toward him. And what he's doing, what he's saying, as we're walking in that way and we're hearing his voice and we're seeking him for that voice. Whew, come on. <sighs> hmm. Hmm. And then what is, and by the way, use this as a prayer tool. You know, take some time today. Take some time this week and say, God, Jesus, you said it. You said you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. What do you want to show me about that? How do I need to live that now? How, I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. I don't want to be ashamed of the name of Jesus anymore. I, want, I know that in the gospel is the power. In the declaration of who Jesus is contains everything I'm ever going to need. And there's... When I think about him releasing life, what he said to his disciples in John 6.63, I didn't get to it. I got all distracted by how amazing God's verses are in my life and how they're activating things. Jesus told his disciples, simple verse, you can just pass right over it so easy. He said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. How do you know if a word that you just got is from the spirit or not? How do you know you can let that sink into your heart and give it the right of way to do what it wants to do? You know what it is? The number one sign, the fruit, the evidence? Life. Everything that life expresses, the joy, the hope, the gratitude that we have as we're beginning to experience life the way God sees it, you know, all of that begins to grow. And then you go, oh man, that was the spirit because... That got stuck in my head, and it is expanding. Ignatius taught his followers that uh, when a spirit other than God does or says something, it's like a drop of water on a rock. Doink, it just runs off. No penetration, 
no productivity, nothing is germinated, it just wasted. But when the spirit drops on somebody's heart, your heart can absorb it. It begins to expand. It increases. It begins to grow. And what is it growing? Life. The word is a seed. And all of the potential, all the DNA of Jesus is in that seed. And when the Spirit reveals truth, that seed germinates and takes root and can grow and produce unimaginable fruit. Amen? That's the way life works. I, and, and we know, John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. And he uses lies to do it. But Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. Why? Because he can't do anything else. He's good. His kindness will wreck you, you know. He, he will literally take everything intended for evil and use it for good. And I'm beginning to believe that so strongly that now when really unexpected negative things happen, I'm just like, whoa, God, what are you doing in this situation? I know you've got something good for me in this crisis. I mean, Jeff just went through it. And I used to, I knew it psychologically before. But now, man, isn't it beautiful when you have that 18-inch journey from what you know in your head until it gets real in your heart? And so now instead of panicking, Man, I put them right back on the throne of my heart and go, okay, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? And I'm looking for the good. I'm looking for the life because you don't bring anything but that. And the moment I begin to fear and become anxious and worry about negative consequences, oh, what spirit am I listening to? Right? Yeah, I, I just, I can't say it any better, any clearer. I, I don't need to do anything more than what I've already done. But I want to be such a devoted follower. Learning about, but committed to living the life that Jesus lived. And isn't, it's in the same, sec- you'll never guess what chapter of John this is in. Same chapter, 14 where he goes, and people who come after me are going to do the things that I did, and greater, because Jesus is the way. Him in your life, that's the only way. You continue to connect with him and know that he's with you in the good and the bad and on the throne of your heart, and you're purposing to keep him there where he belongs, and he's committed to you to make that a living reality in your life. Oh, come on. How could you not have life and life abundantly? Mm. Mm. So, Alyssa, this is a good time, and why don't uh, we have you go up? I I was finishing, or praying around this message, and I, I heard a song. All right. I heard a song in my heart, and... Rather than, uh, we'll have time of prayer. If there's an area you need breakthrough, uh, my faith right now is on fire, and I can believe God for whatever it is. 
I mean, if it's healing, if it's financial breakthrough, if it's restoration of a relationship, I don't care. I just want to pray and see God what, do what only God can do. But for you, if this tugged your heart, if you feel like you haven't lived out of the fullness of letting Jesus really be the, your way and your truth and your life, then I want to give you a chance to respond prophetically and worship together because there's a song that contains, I believe, the reality of this teaching better than I was just able to teach it. And so uh, Alyssa's probably duct taping her son somewhere and then she's going to come and lead worship and we ha we'll have the lyrics for you. But why don't we, if, if you do want to let the Lord expand this in your heart, why don't you just stand with me and we're going to sing this song together. And I would say, please, just make this a declaration. Make this a cry of your heart. Um, I, I hate when I hear good teaching about something. I, 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 hate, I hate when I hear something that inspires me and I don't have a chance to respond. All right. So go ahead, Alyssa. Thank you, Lord. and transform us and you are the source of all life everything good comes from the father of lights 
and you are to you just want to increase life on the earth the hope and the blessing and the joy the gratitude the wholeness of each person living out of their identity in you as unique as a fingerprint ho and lord i just i thank you for this message whatever hesitation whatever shyness whatever embarrassment I would have had about talking about Jesus, I ask for you to just break that right now. I repent of trying to make you less than you are. Paul told Timothy that we didn't have a spirit of fear. And that word is actually timidity. We don't have to be timid about our circumstances, about other people, but he's given us a spirit. Ho! of power and of might. Oh. So I just thank you for this word. Continue to penetrate it deep into our hearts. And God, let us walk in your way. Let us live in your truth. Let us have those rivers of living water flow out of us and germinate the hearts of everyone else around us. Just let us speak words that are spirit and truth into other people's lives that they can grow into the fullness of all your blessings. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. I'll be available for prayer if you're looking for a breakthrough. Have a great day.